The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us again. We greatly appreciate it. Hope we can uh, break it down and bring you a slew of winners. A uh, great card at Delta Downs. Uh, Going to be a hopping place this week for a couple of reasons. Number one, Pat Valenzuela is going to be making his return, but we also have a slew of excellent races, including a million-dollar race for the two-year-olds. It's the Delta Downs jackpot. So it'll be interesting to talk to none other than Mary Rampolini from the Daily Racing Forum. She's going to help us there. And then some good news out of Kentucky. We found out that Mike Battaglia is going to be honored by the Kentucky Thoroughbred Owners. Of course, Mike, uh, one of the best uh, racing ambassadors. Uh, so he will be feted by the Kentucky Thoroughbred Owners at the organization's Warner L. Jones Horseman of the Year Award. A well-deserved from a guy that's been in the game for a long time, and he's seen it from a lot of different angles. So we're going to get a chance uh, to talk with uh, Mike Battaglia, too. So we'll be breaking down the uh, the Delta Downs card and hope you're pull down some of the easy win forms because uh, we had some monster hits over the past week and uh, pretty much from coast to coast. We'll start right in the middle at Churchill. We had a $1 super key that paid over $2,000. North at Woodbine, a $1 super that paid 3442 And down in the Delta region, that's right, Evangeline, a 50-cent super high five, paid $2,295. And at Laurel, where they had the DeFrancis Dash, a $1 super key returned 2531 So go to winningponies.com and pull down those easy win forms. All right, let's take a look at some of the news of the week. Uh, California Chrome went through another easy breeze uh, just five days ago at Los Alamitos Racecourse, and it looks like a real work is going to be coming up uh, after he ran two furlongs in 26 and 3, uh, he covered three furlongs in 39 and 3 on Saturday, though that's what the clocker got. Alan Sherman, the assistant trainer to his dad, timed the Colton 38 and change. And uh, Art Sherman, very happy with what he sees. He says he's really starting to pull on it. And he says uh, he'll smoke around there the next time, probably going 36 and change. He's just getting him legged up, open up his lungs. Uh, he's going to try to go easy with him, but he says that's awful hard because 
California Chrome is looking forward to his return to the races. Now, Sherman's laid out a tentative plan for Chrome's five-year-old campaign. Glad he's still at the races with the San Pasquale. And another run in the Dubai World Cup. You remember he ran second last year. And hopefully later on, the Pacific Classic before he would go to the Breeders' Cup. Those are all targets. We'll see what happens. Um, Hopefully uh, he'll stay together. He's five now, and they say he is looking good. Well, we were all disappointed at the Breeders' Cup when we found out about Beholder having to scratch from the Classic, obviously leading being the Speedgate Open for the champ, American Pharaoh. But it looks like right now uh, she's going to get some downtime actually away from the track. Uh, She's not expected to rejoin Richard Mandela's barn at Santa Anita until early January. But the good news is is she's probably going to return. Now, that's not 100%. You know, she's won two Eclipse Awards, and she's favored to win a third one as a champion older female. Uh, So from her rest at the layup, facility. Uh, she's going to go to a place called Peacefield, and uh, then she'll go back and get ridden a couple of weeks before she comes back to me. Obviously, Spencer Farm has the option to change that plan and breed her, but they say that chances are very good that she will return to the races. Well, somebody that was happy that he returned to the races was Javier Castellano. You know, he secured the last two Eclipse Awards as Outstanding Rider. Well, he beat himself. That's right. He eclipsed his own single-season earnings mark on Sunday, ending the day with purse earnings of $26,237,000. And don't forget, we've still got time left in the season. Uh, you will recall that he finished atop the Saratoga standings by earnings. This year, he's won 17 grade one races, including the Metropolitan Handicap, the Whitney Stakes on Honor Code, the Travers on Keen Ice, and the Breeders' Cup Mile with a sensational ride aboard Liam's Map. And it wasn't his only Breeders' Cup win several weeks ago. He also won the Longines Breeders' Cup diff staff on Stop Charging Maria. So he crashed his record. Meanwhile, Cornelio Velasquez won stakes at two tracks over the weekend, and he takes our Jockey of the Week honor. So uh, he uh, went to uh, to Laurel and uh, won there, and then he came back to New York on Sunday uh, and uh, took home another stake there from the New York Stallion Series for trainer Linda Rice. Um, Velasquez uh, was introduced to horse racing at the age of 15 by trainer Carlos Salazar. He came from Panama and enrolled in the National Jockey School there. And uh, so he's been a journeyman rider ever since. Congratulations to Cornelio. All right. Well, the fairgrounds, that's right. It's going to begin. It's coming up. The fairgrounds launches an 81-day meet today on firmer footing than it did one year ago, though a lot of people think that the fairgrounds uh, starts and Thanksgiving. I know that many, many years ago that was the tradition, but the 81-day race meet, uh, hopefully the turf course is tightened up and back. I know they had some problems there uh, last year. They ran 230 grass races last season, up from 149 the previous year. So uh, they're really looking forward to a uh, great uh, Season and of course, uh, Louisiana uh, Derby Day, the one million dollars being lowered to seven hundred and fifty thousand 
weekend is also Louisiana Derby preview day on February 20th and Road to the Derby kickoff day on January 16th. So way down yonder in New Orleans, we'll have to give John McDoolin a call because I do believe he's going to be down there for the daily racing form. Well, uh, Talking about Thanksgiving, if you go to Churchill the day after, the Clark Handicap looks like it could be a good one. Now, half a million dollars up for grabs, and we're talking about the potential Dortmund and Opportunity coming in with Bob Baffert. Race Day, who uh, just set a track record over Keeneland and Pran. Nico for Todd Pletcher, uh, FNX and Keen Ice are all being considered uh, for the race. And uh, Mr. Z, of course, he's danced every dance this year. He may dance another one. So uh, now Keen Ice, he continues to be the subject of a possible sale, and that could preclude him from starting in the Clark. But Dale Romans has already gone on record saying, well, we're just training as if we're going to go into the race. A couple of derby winners getting together. That's right. Giacomo is heading to Oregon, Kentucky Derby 2005, you may recall. And uh, he's going to go to a farm that's about 30 miles from Portland Meadows, Heritage Stallions, so uh, near Newburgh, Oregon. And I can tell you this, Oregon's a really nice place to be. Now, uh, Giacomo will be uh, will be heading there, so hopefully uh, they'll be getting a shot in the arm. He started his career at Adena Springs in Kentucky. Interesting enough, Giacomo is going to join Grindstone, another Kentucky Derby, out at Heritage. Uh, so uh, very interesting, and I'm sure the Oregon program is more than happy to have him coming. All right, last week we had Tom Lamar with us from the Blood Horse to help us do some handicapping. And uh, at Churchill, everybody seemed to like Onus, who went away the favorite and faded, tired to ninth in the Mrs. Revere course. We had a big field fooling them all, though, was Paco Lopez and Isabella Sings took an early lead and never looked back at the mile and a sixteenth distance. Uh, you got to remember she's only raced it once and she won that one. So Isabella Sings totally ignored at the windows, goes wire to wire, pays fifty six dollars and sixty cents. How about the second spot, 44 to one shot, Riano de Batero. And if you had those two in your exacta, they were number 10 and number 13. A $2 exacta returned $1,799. <laughs> the favorite finishing out of the money, and Isabella Sings steals it. A very interesting race. It looked like they were going to close in on it. It never happened. Okay, out of Del Mar, looks like uh, we've got another star coming out of a Baffert barn, and that is Toei's on Ice, if I'm pronouncing that correct. Went off the 4-5 to five favorite in the grade 3 Bob Hope. This race, $100,000 going 7 furlongs. A lot of these horses stretching out. So Toes on Ice goes off at 4-5. to five. All of a sudden, in mid-stretch comes Mac Daddy Mac, and he looks like he's going to go flying by. This is a huge, good-looking colt by Put It Back. I was trained now by Kathy Ritbo, but Mac Daddy Mac drew on even terms, but fighting back was Toes on Ice. 
Got it done for the Baffert Barn. Mac Daddy Mac finished second in the third spot. I'm already there. Then over to the East Coast at Aqueduct, it was the Red Smith Handicap. And in this race, that down to favoritism, Mr. Maybe. I don't know what they knew. This is the one horse that did not have any graded stakes wins. Uh, Irad Ortiz Jr. in the saddle sent away the favorite from 5-1. to one. Mr. Maybe gets it done. In the second spot was uh, Kaigan, who'd been in a little bit of a slump, but uh, came back for the second spot under Joel Rosario. And third was a long shot we kind of liked, Holiday Star, morning line listed at 8 to one, and then at Laurel Park, this will give you something to talk about. It was the Frank J. DeFrancis Memorial Dash, and uh, as we mentioned, this race has had some good runners come out of it over the years, but it lost its grading when they when they kind of took a break there uh, at Laurel. They had some problems with purse money, so anyhow, they hoping that this race will get back to being a graded race. Anyhow, finishing first in the race was Trouble Kid, who uh, could have been made claimer of the year, a $15,000 claim that's uh, gone on to win four in a row. Well, again, Trouble Kid finished first, but got DQ'd, came over hard on Gentleman's Bet, who then came over on Palace. So they moved Gentleman's Bet up, uh, bad for Trouble Kid, good for Tom Lamara. That was his top pick, Gentleman's Bet. Put up to first, Troubled Kid remained in second, even though the bumping would have affected the outcome of Palace. So Palace, uh, going to stud at Spendthrift Farm, finishes third in the $350,000 Frank DeFrancis Memorial Dash. Well, that pretty much rounds out the national news and our handicapping from last week. Coming up, we're going to talk to the Kentucky Thoroughbred Owners Man of the Minute, Mike Battaglia, you're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right. Well, with us now is Mike Battaglia. We've had him on before, but we're having him on for a, a different reason. The Kentucky Thoroughbred owners are going to honor Mike uh, with the Warner L. Jones Horseman of the Year Award. Uh, it recognizes individuals for outstanding contributions to Kentucky racing and sharing the passion for the industry, uh, which, of course, uh, Warner L. Jones exemplified uh, himself. So uh, Mike, being a lifelong Kentuckian, has uh, been known for doing the morning line, calling races, uh, being a television personality. Uh, he's got uh, great enthusiasm and deep knowledge of the sport, uh, which makes him a go-to guy for, for a lot of people. So uh, with the, no further ado, Mike Battaglia, welcome to Winning Ponies. Hey, John, thank you very much. Well, Mike, first let me get this out of the way. Uh, what's it feel like to be uh, recognized by such an esteemed organization as the uh, Kentucky Thoroughbred Owners? Hey, you know, I, I'm honored. I'm humbled and honored because uh, there's some, you know, big names, uh, some icons of the sport that uh, have won this award. And, uh, of course, I knew Warner Jones uh, personally. It was a friend of my father's also. And uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's a big honor for me. You look down and you see uh, a list that includes guys like Seth Hancock and Burton Jones and Tom Meeker and Carl Nasker. And of course, Warner Jones, Shug McGahee. And that's just like Wayne Lucas. There's so many of them. Will Farish. It's it just... Uh, it's really it's just an honor for me, and I, not just for me, but uh, for me and my father both. Uh, my, my my dad, you know, he he died at a young age, but uh, he was definitely somebody that would have been worthy of this award because he he truly cared for the horsemen. He did so much for thoroughbred racing, especially Turfway Park. So uh, I'm I'm going to accept it on behalf of me and my dad. Well, Mike, you know, you, you always, I, I feel the warmth uh, come through your voice whenever you do talk about your, your father. For, for the listeners that don't know his vast resume, can you kind of rewind and talk about his entrance into the sport and the influence it eventually had on you? Yeah, sure. I mean, he was, he, you know, he, was just, he got into racing early on, and he, he, was, he grew up in, in Covington, uh, West Covington, and, you know, he, he started, he loved horse racing. He went to the editor of the, uh, sports editor of the Kentucky Post back at the time, and they were putting selections in the, in the paper, and he told the, uh, Dick Thornburg, who was the editor, he said, listen, I think I could do a better job than what your, you know, your people are doing in this, uh, for these picks, and the guy looked at him, well, you know, we've, we're kind of happy with him. He's, Dad said, you know, well, I'll tell you what, I'll make picks and they make picks, and if I don't beat them by the end of the meet, you don't have to pay me. He never lost. He he, won. he he never he never failed to get paid. Let's put it that way. And that started him. He 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 wound up being general manager at 
not only Latonia, but River Downs, and he went to Charlestown Racetrack, and he turned that place around. This was before the casinos, and he is the, he's the man that had the vision to start a race at Latonia and call it a prep for the Derby. Uh, nobody would have ever thought that was possible in 1971 when he decided that, hey, listen, we, we, we're going to start a race here, and we're going to get horsemen to come to Kentucky early, and they're going to run here at Latonia. Then they're going to run the bluegrass and spiral upwards toward the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, look what this race has become. It's just unbelievable. He pioneered night racing. He talked about uh, intertrack wagering before it was ever done. He said, this is crazy that we've got, you know, close our racetracks down for all this dead time. We could be open taking bets. And, uh, I mean, he just, he was, a, he was a pioneer. He really knew what he was doing. And he took care of the horsemen, and he loved the $2 better. Uh, that was a, well, that's just a capsule of my dad. <clears throat> I, I know that uh, in the Cincinnati area that River Downs and, and Latonia never overlapped. But at one time, Latonia had a harness meet. Did your dad have anything to do with that? Oh yeah, he was. Uh, he was. I actually worked at the harness meet also, and worked. At, he brought quarter horses in at one point, and uh, I was uh, worked as the horseman's bookkeeper for the quarter horse meet. They never went over <laughs> too well, but uh, yeah, he 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 was, he was general manager of the harness racing too. Well, uh, let me kind of you know reach into your your, your library of knowledge. Now, you, you mentioned that the spiral stakes, and it, it, it's a race I make sure I go to every year. Can you think of your favorite spiral? Well, you know, and it's it's, it's that's that's really hard to do because there's so I many know. good ones. But I remember a horse called Event of the Year. Jerry Hollendorfer brought this horse in. He was undefeated, uh, running on the West Coast mostly in uh, 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 the Golden Gate uh, uh, up up in there, but he had run at Santa Anita. He came in here, and he won the, I think it was the, the one year it was the gallaryfurniture.com. I think that might have been the year <laughs> that, that he won. But I, I, I loved him in the Kentucky Derby. He got hurt right before the Kentucky Derby and never made it. But I thought this horse was one of the best horses that uh, I ever saw run at Turfway. I, I was just sick, sickened when, when he didn't make the Kentucky Derby. And he never did come back the same horse after he got hurt either. But I, re- I, I remember so many of them, though. That, 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 that's just one of them. Marfa was uh, yes. the first horse that ran. This, Wayne Lucas helped help make the spiral what it is today, bringing horses in to, to run on the spiral. And Marfa, in just after about 10, I think it was 81, the race had only been going 10 years. Marfa came in. He, Wayne Lucas brought him in. It was the first time I ever met Wayne. He wins the spiral. He, he ran in the bluegrass. And he got, I don't think he, he I think he, he won it. He got DQ, didn't he? Qualified, or, but yeah. he, he ran some crazy race in the bluegrass. He actually went off favored in the Kentucky Derby. He didn't win. But after 10 years, we had the winner of our race being the favorite in the Kentucky Derby. And, of course, you know, Lily T. winds up winning the Kentucky Derby and Animal Kingdom uh, win. We've had uh, Summer Squall, who won the Preakness. We've had um, uh, Hansel, who won the Preakness and the Belmont. Prairie Bayou, Preakness winner. We've had so many good horses run in the spiral. It's just been, it's been unbelievable. And just back then when, when we had the meeting and Dad was talking about a race at, at Latonia as a derby prep, we all thought he was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, he uh, he certainly pulled pulled it off, and it, it, it it's on everybody's map right now. There's no doubt about it. Uh, uh, it, it was a shame that this year's winner uh, got injured because the way he won yeah. uh, looked like uh, he was going to be a major factor uh, out of the Billy Mott barn. Um, now, uh, Mike, how about racing oddities? I mean, you know, uh, you, you've seen so many races and called so many races and uh, done so many derbies. Well, what's one of the oddest things you've seen over your years in racing? Oh, that's a that's a tough one. I, you know, I, I I saw so many derbies and called so many derbies. It was just that that's got to be the highlight of uh, anybody's career. I've been to every derby since 1972. I called uh, 19 derbies in a row. Heck, John, I, I got the call. I was working for ABC the year Shoemaker won his last derby. I mean, you know, on Ferdinand. I got to call that yeah. race and work with uh, this way back in the first time I, I, well, the first, that wasn't the first year, but it was the first time I had any connection with the network TV, working with Al Michaels and with Jim McKay, and calling that race and watching uh, Shoemaker. <clears throat> if you've never watched that race, you ought to watch it because it's just I was there. a masterful, a masterful ride. By, by Shoemaker to, to win that derby on, on Ferdinand. And I remember that. And, of course, I called a firm to Aladar's derby. Uh, you know, just, just so many really good memories of, uh, of the Kentucky Derby and of, of calling races and just Kentucky racing in general. Uh, well, I was going back. I was thinking about the night that the deer got loose on the track out at the oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, I uh, I remember that. That was just that was absolutely crazy. That could have that well, was a bad accident, but it, it could have been even worse. But yeah, things like that happen all the time. When you know, we've had a lot of uh, horses run into geese and ducks too out there at Turfway. <laughs> Now, uh, amongst the people that you've met over in the sport, because you've been putting the spotlight on a lot of different situations, uh, who are some of the favorite people you've got to work with over the years? Well, you know, uh, Tom Hammond is number one on my list for anything. If it wasn't for Tom, I wouldn't have had the chance to work with any of these people at NBC. Bob Costas is just such a, uh, such a good guy and such a consummate professional uh, uh, I got to work with Bob Newmar and, and Kenny Rice and Donna Brothers. I, it just so many, just so many good people that 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 I've I've met, you know, over the years uh, uh, working not only in TV but just being at the racetrack all the time. I mean, made so so many friends. Uh, uh, gosh, it, I, it, it'd just be it'd just be tough to to, to pick out. You know, one person, but I, I have to say the person that had the most influence on my career, other than my father, was Tom Hammond because uh, he got me started. Uh, the first, the first job I had actually in radio, Tom Hammond got me on. It was I was working for Jim Host. Jim Host hired me, and I was working with Tom Hammond and Kaywood Ledford, two legends. And I was 25 wow. years old working with them on the race of the day at at, uh, at Keeneland. And, uh, you know, and there, yeah, there's one there, Kaywood Ledford. He, I'd never heard that man talk bad about anybody. He was one of the nicest guys and the most professional guys I ever, I ever worked with. But uh, there's just so, so many of them. And when, when you get to, to the top level, it just seems like everybody is, uh, they just know their job and they're just so good at it. 
Well, Mike, I just want to let people know that uh, the, the awards gala is going to just be coming up here in a couple of days. It's on the 21st at Big Springs Country Club in, in Louisville, and uh, there are still tickets available, and I'll give the number out for anybody probably that's in central Kentucky that uh, is hearing this and might want to attend uh, because uh, a well-known guy is going to be the MC. Uh, certainly uh, Billy Reed is one of the top guys in the game, but yeah, the number is 502 Four five eight five eight two zero five zero two four five eight five eight two zero. Tickets are still available, and uh, you you named that that uh, roster of outstanding Kentucky horsemen that, that have already received this award. Mike, are, are you you're working on a speech? You're going to wing it. Uh, it should be an interesting evening. You know what? Billy Reed's introducing me, so I. I just have to wait and see what he says before I before I make any plans. But no, I'm you know I've I've got a lot of things that uh, that I can talk about. Uh, I'm uh, I've never been at a loss for words, so I don't I don't think I'll I have them. my my problem is I don't know if you can tell how bad my voice is right now, but hopefully it'll be back to 100 percent by Saturday. But I've had some. Uh, yeah. congestion in my chest, and now it's in my throat, so I'm a little bit worried about that. <laughs> All right, well, listen, I'm going to let you, you go now so you can do this, but I will give you this, this, this remedy, okay? It's a, a yeah. shot of bourbon and honey with a little bit of lemon in it, and I'm telling you what, Mike, it, it's not only going to clear that throat up, but you're going to have a good night's sleep. Yeah, a shot of bourbon, lemon, and honey. You got it. I got it. Heck, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Sounds shot of bourbon sounds good right now, anyway, John. <laughs> All right, great. Well, we've been talking with Mike Battaglia. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to be with us, and congratulations uh, for you winning the prestigious Warner L. Jones Horseman of the Year Award. You're a true Kentuckian. <laughs> Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Okay, Mike Pataglia taking the time to be with us on Winning Ponies. We're going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, going to be talking to Mary Rampolini about what's going on down at Delta Downs. Got some solid races. Hopefully we can come up with some winners. She's been writing articles on them all week long. So a little bit of a break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. 
Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and back with me, a correspondent from the Daily Racing Forum, Mary Rampolini is with us. She's been with us on many occasions. Uh, she grew up in a racing family, uh, so she knows the sport from all sides. And uh, so whenever I've got something going on, it's like Hot Springs, Lone Star Park, uh, the the uh, different tracks in Louisiana and Oklahoma, she's my go-to girl. Mary Rampolini, welcome to Winning Ponies. Hi, John. Welcome to the Southwest. <laughs> yes, yes, your neck of, of the woods. Well, uh, I have never been to, to Delta Downs, uh, though I'd like to get there. I'd like to get to as many tracks as I can. Can you kind of uh, paint the picture of what, what Delta Downs is like, kind of where it's located and, you know, the, the, what the average fan looks like and what the racetrack configuration is? Sure, um, John. Delta Downs is a charming little track in a small town, Benton, Louisiana, which is right over the border from Texas. They're about 90 miles from Houston, just to kind of put them on the map there a little bit. And uh, uh-huh. the track is a six furlong oval, um, so uh, it's a smaller track, and they have um, a hotel that is adjoined to the grandstand, and then the facilities keep growing and improving every year. Boyd Gaming has come in, and, and like I said, they built the hotel, and they built up this race, the Delta Downs Jackpot. They created and have built this race, and uh, it's just a it's just a really unique uh, place to visit. Uh, the, the track is nestled under these mile high pine trees. It's just a really beautiful area. And uh, I really enjoy going down there each season for the Delta Downs jackpot. Oh, man, you're, you're making me jack. I really want to get down there now. It does. It sounds fantastic. And, of course, uh, you're, you're, you know, not far from the heart of Cajun country, so I'm guessing you get to see a lot of uh, young riders with those uh, Cajun roots uh, develop down in that area. Yes, a lot, of, a lot of riders have come out of Delta Downs and gone on to national success, definitely. There is definitely a tradition of race riding uh, in Louisiana. Um, now, uh, I'm trying to think, that is, is Colby Hernandez the leading rider? Who, who's on the top of your standings there for jockeys and trainers? Well, I know Colby is heading over to ride fairground some, but he is here for Saturday. And so, you know, he's among the leading riders, though, you know, he won the title last year at Delta or last season at Delta. Gerard Melanson is one of the top riders at the meet, um, and uh, he's well-mounted for Saturday as well. So, so you just have a, a strong group of journeymen down there. 
Yeah, I see where Colby right now uh, at the meet uh, looks like he's riding at 29%. Uh, can't complain about that. Now, how about uh, William Brett Calhoun? I see 19 starters, eight winners, two seconds and two thirds. And one of the horses we'll be talking about, he's batting 42%. Is that kind of his general area, a lot of the tracks that you cover? Uh, Brett is having an outstanding meet at... Um Delta Downs, and he does run a high percentage outfit. Those are exceptional numbers, but um, he does have a high percentage outfit. He had an excellent meet at Lone Star Park where he developed a lot of young horses, a lot of two-year-old winners, and so uh, Brett is definitely known to uh, put up some high percentage uh, meets in this market. Well, uh, let's see. This will be coming up on, on Saturday. Now, you're in a different time zone, so uh, what, uh, what is your first post going to be on Saturday before we get into these races? Sure, Don. It's a special afternoon card. Delta primarily races at night, but this will be a card that starts at 1.15 Central Time, so it will be an afternoon card. Well, we've got some uh, big, big money on, on the line. Uh, the, the the miles, a quarter million dollars. The princess, four hundred thousand. The jackpot, a million dollars. And the treasure chest closing out uh, with uh, with two hundred thousand. I'm guessing they're going to have uh, some pretty decent uh, uh, multiple wagers going on involving these races. Yes, there will be a. Um Pick four on races four through seven. That's an all-stakes uh, series, and it's going to have a guaranteed pool of 200000 It's a 50-cent minimum, and that sequence will uh, start in the fourth race of the Louisiana Legacy and include the Delta Mile, which goes as the fifth, and then we'll move on to the Delta Downs Princess, the sixth race, and it'll wrap up with the Delta Downs Jackpot, which goes as the seventh race on Saturday. All right, and one other question that I have for you before we start looking at some of these races is it looks like we're going to see the return of Pat Valenzuela at Delta Downs. Yes, um, John, it appears this will be um, Patrick Valenzuela's first mount uh, since January 2014. He was named on a couple of mounts uh, tonight at Delta Downs, Thursday night at Delta Downs, both of those horses were on the also eligible uh, lists, and they were scratched. So uh, at this stage, it appears this um, uh, the Delta Downs jackpot. He's right. Memories of winter will indeed be uh, Patrick Valen- Valenzuela's comeback race. Unbelievable! I mean, <laughs> it's, that's it's a big story, of course. Yes, <laughs> and, and you're there, and you've got to cover it. So it will be very interesting. Well, I know a lot of our listeners want to uh, uh, listen to you and your opinions on on these races. So we'll go uh, we'll go five, six, seven, eight. We'll do a five and six first before we head head to a, a, a break. I'm in doing my handicapping, which isn't always the best. It it certainly looks like. Uh, Departing, who's coming out of a strong uh, Lucas Classic uh, at a mile and an eighth, could be very dangerous at a mile. Certainly uh, comes into the race with the best buyer figure. And really, it just seems like, you know, the distance of a mile is is where he's best. And I think he's a very uh, well-placed in here. I I don't handicap with any uh, morning line. Is uh, Departing considered the favorite in there? Yes, I think he will definitely be a uh, solid favorite in the Delta Mile, John, you know, it's interesting. This is a race 
every horse in the field is a stakes winner. So that's, um, that's pretty unique that every single horse in here has won at least one stakes in their race. Um, in their lifetime, uh, three of them have won five stakes, and that's the parting Rise Up and Mr. Pollard. So even though the depth is there in the field, I think departing as a multiple grade two winner of $1.7 million, he really stands out from a class standpoint. And as you said, he has the benefit. He's the highest last race buyer speed figure. The mile does seem to suit him very well. And, um, you know, he's a horse that's uh, run over a variety of surfaces. So even though he's making his first start at Delta Downs, um, he's a horse that's had a lot of success on the road. Well, a lot of horses on this card are going to be making their first uh, uh, start at Delta Downs. Now, in this race, uh, right. w- with the parting, a uh, horse that kind of caught my eye was uh, uh, Cougar Ridge, uh, who's uh, all of a sudden really come to hand for uh, Randy Morse, has run three in a row, and you want to talk about a horse that doesn't know what stall he's waking up in. He's had ten starts this year, six of them at different racetracks. Yeah, he's been he's been a really um, a very productive horse uh, for trainer Randy Morse. Um, he is, you know, he spent part of the fall at Remington Park. They sent him in for the DeBartolo Memorial to see how he would handle the turf course down there, handle Remington Park. He he just dominated the race. He won by four lengths. So the plan was to stay there for the Remington Green. So with both of uh, Remington's major turf races over for older horses. He uh, headed back to, to Kentucky, where uh, Morris has a division there, as well as at Remington, Par- at Remington Park. So he was kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> in familiar territory in either spot. And then he won, won again at Keeneland. So he's, he is on a roll uh, no matter where he goes. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I will uh, tell our listeners that... They were actually going to run again on the grass at Keeneland, but because the Breeders' Cup was there and they were getting some rain, they were really cautious with that turf course in the days prior to the Breeders' Cup. So that's probably why that race came off, but could play to his benefit because now he's not not being labeled as just a you know impressive turf runner. He won at Keeneland in a sixty-five thousand uh, dollar race on the main track. Uh, like I said, he's three in a row. He could be the now horse. Um, yeah. In uh, in the, in this race, there's somebody else that you would suggest maybe to put underneath departing if in fact uh, he's the one you like. Yes, I do indeed like departing. I, I I think Cougar Ridge is a is a good is a good choice. Um, to back him up with, I, I find that Agent Denazo, um, uh, the two horse, uh, he's a horse that has some familiarity with Delta. In fact, he's two for four over the track, so he does like the like the surface there. He also last raced at Keeneland um, and hooked a horse named Street Strategy, pretty quality kind of individual uh, for trainer Randy Morse, uh, who has Cougar Ridge in here. And then I thought Rise Up is an interesting horse. He's another the Delta experienced horse, and uh, he's two for two in Vinton, and both of those wins were in stakes, most notably the jackpot a few years back. All right. Well, uh, again, we're talking with uh, Mary Rampolini from the Daily Racing Forum. We'll try to get another race in uh, prior to our uh, next break. And this would be the $400,000 Delta Downs Princess. I got to be honest with you, there's one horse that just seems to jump off the paper, and that's La Appassionata. I'm guessing that the My Trusty Cat was the prep for this race. 
sources two for two out of the Asmussen barn, a daughter of Bernardini, need I say more? Yeah, lovely filly. Um, you know, I, I did watch the race um, uh, on simulcast, but I, I have to say through the simulcast screen, she just really stood out as an individual, and I really look forward to seeing her uh, in person on Saturday. Uh, indeed, the My Trusty Cat was the local prep for the Delta Downs Princess, as you said, and that was a two-turn race. It was a seven-eighths of a mile race, but that is a two-turn race on the uh, six-furlong track at Delta. So in making her um, stakes and two-turn debut, she just dominated uh, the field, winning by seven, and she defeated a handful of the horses she's going to run back against Saturday. Absolutely. Probably a single in this pick four for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to think so. And, you know, people have some fun putting some horses uh, underneath this uh, Angelita. It's kind of, kind of a question mark, but it was able to go around the grounds. It's uh, been strictly a, a turf horse. Then you talked about uh, Brett Calhoun batting 42%. He ran third behind uh, La Apassionata. And we also had the second-place finisher in there, Jet Plaque. Magic, but uh, without a mm-hmm. doubt, uh, I would not be surprised if that horse went off at odds on. Yes, yes, I think we're we're looking in that territory, definitely, John. Okay, well, again, we're talking with uh, Mary Rampolini from the Daily Racing Forum. She kind of covers that uh, central southern district, and we like to call on her for her expertise. We've got two more races we're going to look at from Delta Downs, and that's the Delta Downs Jackpot, the grade $3 million race, and there's a lot of angles in here, uh, though Exaggerator was the one that grabbed headlines, at least the one that Mary wrote for the Racing Forum. And then uh, we'll go to the uh, $200,000 treasure chest at a mile. So again, we're going to take a little bit of a break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. High school to the pros, we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with me, the Daily Racing Forum's Mary Rampolini. Uh, she's uh, going to be covering the big races at Delta Downs. Uh, again, Mary, uh, 
this every race we're handicapping is going to be a two-turn race. So the the main track again, you said it's a it's a seven for a long track. It's a six for a long track. Yes, six for a long. <clears throat> oh, six for a long. Okay. Yes, so a seven yes. for a long race would start like just down to the left of the grandstand, maybe just a little it, bit out it, of the chute. It's a two turn, yes, and they have a they have a good chute that the jackpot will come up come up out of a long chute. So, well, the uh, the, the jackpot is going to be a mile and a sixteenth. So obviously, the race that is a million dollar race for two year olds. Um, is going to be asking a lot of horses to do something they've never done before, although there are several horses in here that have won at a mile. And in uh, reading uh, Mary's uh, column earlier this week, uh, who shows up but Exaggerator with the DeSormo clan, who hail from Louisiana, uh, trained by Keith, ridden by Kent, Certainly, this horse has the edge in class. Uh, I guess everybody else has got to be hoping that well, maybe he's tailing off a little bit. Maybe he's a little bit tired. He's been chasing some of the best horses in the country. Uh, certainly, uh, um, uh, Nyquist and uh, Brody's cues uh, would be right in there. Um, sure, sure. But this horse, horse has, uh, when you know, again, I'm, I'm a believer in buyers. Uh, this horse has been so consistent with, with its uh, buyer figures. It won the grade two Saratoga special. Uh, this horse just got so much class that it should beat this field, or do we think there's some upstarters in there? Because I certainly see some horses in here that look like they got a future ahead of them. I, I do think there are horses in here with a future ahead of them. You made an interesting point earlier, John. You know, as a rule, this race a lot of times draws so many horses that haven't raced around two turns yet or been beyond the mile. But this year's edition, it, it, there's a lot more experience, a lot more two-turn experience uh, than maybe typical. Uh, so that, that kind of might help from a handicapping standpoint. And like you said, Exaggerator stands out on class, not only being in a grade two winner. He's, he's, you know, the only graded winner in the field, but the quality of horses he's kept. Um, uh, you know, he's in an outside post there, but talking to uh, trainer Keith DeSormo this week, he, uh, he's not concerned about the post. Um, he just feels that the run is good from the shoot to the first turn. He has a pretty good long run into the first turn. So this horse should be able to get position. And, um, you know, Again, you're calling on a class. This horse has a lot of class. He has an experience at a mile and a sixteenth. He's grade one placed at that distance uh, in the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland. So he definitely is the horse to beat. But some horses with upside, as you spoke about, I think Sunny Ridge, who was second in the Champagne, is one of those horses. And, you know, um, the Champagne, a few years back, produced uh, the Delta Jackpot winner in Golden Sense. And Golden Sense actually had run second in the Champagne and come back, came back and ran in the Delta Downs jackpot and won. So, so there's some nice credentials for that horse too. Absolutely, I, I think uh, again, if Exaggerator's not on his A game, it looks to me like Al Stahl has been pointing to this race. I mean, obviously, I'm going to talk about uh, Foravamo if that's how you pronounce it. For starters, he's a son of Uncle Mo who is probably one of the hottest sires, particularly with juveniles, this year, if, if not Absolutely. at the top of the list. And so he started at six furlongs. Then he moved to seven furlongs 
at Churchill, where he went off the favorite, ended up running second. Then, all of a sudden, he comes in for the Jean Lafitte, which, and if memory serves me well, always was the prep for this race, Mary. And uh, so, all of a sudden, he goes from Saratoga to Churchill to Delta, going a mile, this race a mile and a 16th, and it just looks like this horse has just been making really nice progress. Every buyer's got a little bit better. Do you think that this race has been on Al Stahl's radar? I noticed that he started four horses at Delta, and two of them have already won. Yes, yeah, and you know, um, this horse, uh, they call him Forever Mo, and that's a New Orleans slang. And for uh, forever Mo, as, as Al Stahl explained to me. And essentially this horse is named for Maurice Benoit. And uh, he and his wife Evelyn are Britland stable. So she named forever Mo for her husband. And, um, and so being an Uncle Mo, and he goes by the nickname Mo, it all kind of came together. And, you know, the, um, the Benoits are out of New Orleans. And Al Stahl, of course, is a Louisiana native. And I think if they had a candidate that could be effective in these races at Delta Downs, the Jackpot, the Princess, some of the major races, they're going to really try to be there if, if the horse puts them there. And uh, Forever Mo did that last time. He, he broke his maiden in the Jean Lafitte, and it was his first start around two turns. And, and uh, um, Al felt that the two turns really was a benefit to this horse. And uh, he says, the race, you know, really kind of woke him up. He's been very, to use his words, dialed in in his training and, and really trained forwardly coming out of the Gene Lafitte for this. So he may be a horse that really steps up Saturday. Well, I, I respect Al Stahl very much, and I also respect uh, Tom Amos, and I noticed that uh, he was in the Jean Lafitte, uh, ran a, looked like a pretty good closing, strong second, and is going to switch to blinkers on with Harlan Punch. Yes, and you know, I was talking to Gerard Melanson a little bit this week, um, who will ride Harlan Punchback. Gerard has won uh, two jackpots more than any other rider. And he told me, you know, he looks for Harlan Punch to be closer uh, to the pace here on Saturday. And the reason he was so far back or further back than usual last time was there was a loose horse in the Jean Lafitte that impacted Harlan Punch. So, so there's a little insight from Gerard, and um, oh, I like that. Uh, he's excited. Yeah, he's excited to ride this horse back. He's really looking forward to riding Harlan Punch on Saturday. All right. Well, again, exaggerators seem to get the class, but uh, we've mentioned, I think, uh, the main players that uh, could be an upsetter or might be horses you want to put underneath uh, in your uh, Exotics. Well, my producer's telling me I only got about a minute and a half left, so I'll put you in a jackpot here with the uh, the treasure chest. Kind of interesting, Mary. How do you handicap this? In this race, all but one horse in the race is a shipper. Interesting. That's an interesting fact. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that's a good fact. I, I took a what I think might be a shot. I haven't seen the morning line maybe just a bit of a shot, and that uh, was the um, the Philly uh, Divas Diamond. And uh, she'll be starting for the first time at Delta, but she's had a chance to train over the track and worked really well. And, and you know, she ran second the Apple Blossom earlier this year to Untappable. And uh, I don't know, I just, I just like her. Carl Broberg is a leading trainer at Delta. I just thought she had some things going for her. 
Yeah, he's batting 39%. Uh, someone I'm not familiar with, but I'm sure the fans down there are. I guess you just got to put a line through the, 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 the grade one spinster, and certainly the treasure chest is no grade one. Yeah, that, I mean, yes. Yeah, so yeah, I'm just looking out. I'm just, yeah, exactly. I'm drawing a line through that race and judging her more on her form earlier this year. Okay, well, uh, we've got, uh, the, again, a great card at Delta Downs, and uh, so for what I like about it is, you know, you can play those exotic bets across the races that uh, we've been covering here with uh, Mary Rampolini. And uh, Mary, I want to thank you as always for your, your insight, uh, your time, and uh, your effervescent manner of presenting the races to our fans at Winning Ponies. Oh, John, thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy talking to you about the races. Okay, well, you know you're you're my go-to girl anytime something's happening down in that kind of southwest region that you cover, and I thank you very much for being on with us. Come see us, John. Okay, I want to. I want to. Also want to thank uh, Mike Battaglia one more time if you got your pen out. If you're in the central Kentucky area, you can uh, go to the Kentucky Thoroughbred Owners Banquet, 502-458. 5820. And when you bet those races at Delta Downs, make sure you get your easy win forms at winningponies.com. That closes out another show. Thanks so much for listening as I overlook the manicured turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. I remind you, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.